0: The Woj Pod is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Good evening, and thank you for that enthusiastic Brooklyn welcome. And also welcome to the 2013 NBA Draft. The 2013 NBA Draft, the Barclays Center, and the Brooklyn Borough of New York City, an annual assemblage and rite of passage for the world's best basketball prospects. For losing franchises, these players represent a most precious commodity, hope. Draft night is born of millions of man-hours of preparation, rental car trips through blizzards, flights to far-flung corners of the planet, and the league's chase for the next big thing, this is the final examination. The Spurs will not foul. Final seconds. What a finish. It's back-to-back titles for the Heat. The 2013 NBA Championship resides once again in Miami. Just days earlier, LeBron James had won his second straight NBA Finals MVP. Ten years earlier, James had been an unimpeachable number one overall pick. Sometimes, the next big thing is far easier to ascertain than acquire. This grinding pursuit commands ingenuity and industry and imagination. And almost always, luck. On the night of June 27, 2013, it demanded something else, too. The conviction to believe your eyes. With the first pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select... For the final time in his historic tenure, David Stern lorded over the evening ceremony. Through the years on draft night, booze had increasingly washed over the curmudgeon commissioner and he wore them like a second skin. I can't hear you. Stern's looming retirement had caused the sport to reflect on two of his most enduring legacies. The transformational salvation of the superstar player and the globalization of a league that mined talent from the farthest reaches of the world. Before walking onto the stage Stern stood with a European teenager and patiently practiced the pronunciation of his name with the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA draft some 20 rows up the lower bowl of the Barclays Center sitting among his Greek agents and his Greek brother a skinny Greek 18 year old of Nigerian descent wrapped himself in the Greek flag and tried to make momentary sense of a most rapid and revolutionary ascent. Seven months earlier, Giannis Antetokounmpo played professional basketball in a glorified rec league in Athens and barely dominated. Seven years later, he would become a two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. They'd call him the Greek Freak, a physical, spiritual, maniacal marvel unleashed out of a young man's imagination and onto a journey unlike the sport had ever witnessed. They'd call Giannis attendant Kumpo simply the greatest draft story ever told. From the Woj pod, this is the Giannis Draft. Episode one. Welcome, my name is Bob Montai, and with me is Jeff Green, and welcome to the Saitama Super Arena. And what a super day of basketball we've got for you. The first of the two semifinals, the much-awaited clashes. The first one, Greece versus the United States of America. To understand the import of draft night in Brooklyn in June of 2013, go back to September of 2006 in Saitama, Japan, site of the FIBA World Championships of Basketball.
1: And they have brought a young...
0: Talented team here, coached by Duke University's Mike Krzyzewski, to try to knit together as a team and get back the James Mason Trophy, take it back to the United States. That's After a series of humiliating defeats on the global stage, Team USA had been recast with a starry group of players, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade, and led by a legendary coach, Mike Krzyzewski. Between the USA and the championship game stood the Greek national team. The Americans dazzled the crowd with an array of dunks and warm-ups. The Greeks practiced free throws. Inside a tiny apartment in the Sepulia section of Athens, Giannis Antetokounmpo watched with his family... He was 11 years old, dreaming of soccer stardom.
2: So, uh I started playing basketball in 2007. Um I remember we were uh, in the house. It was me, Tanasis, coaches Alex was really young. Um and my dad. Uh my mom was probably cleaning the house, cooking and doing uh, stuff in the house. Um and we had this small TV. You know, and that we worked really hard to, you know, buy it. My dad was really proud of it. You know, a Sunny TV. So I remember seeing Scorcianitis, right?
0: it is goes up strong. Second foul called against Elton Brand.
2: Baby Shack. Call him Baby Shack, you know. He he was huge.
0: <laughs> up ahead to big man
2: Shortzanitis for the duck. Guy was huge. You know, he was 275 pounds, maybe 300 pounds. He was huge. So. We were in there. I was just watching the game, just watching the game. <sighs> Didn't like basketball. Did not like, but I wanted to be a soccer player. I wanted to be TNR. Henry, Henry. And I told him, you know, when I met him in the All-Star game, maybe two years ago, I told him I wanted to be you.
0: And here he is again, Shorts and they don't
1: have an answer for Sophocles Shortenitis.
2: So I remember we were in the house watching the game. They beat the USA uh, team. We were really happy. But I was more surprised and uh, that hey, like, a black guy was a, a part of that. You know, um, I, I, like, we can do it. Nancy's costas like, we can be professional athletes and represent Greece. We can, we can do this, right? So that was the first moment, um, you know, I believe that we can uh, become something, uh, you know, athletes, professional athletes in Greece. Over
0: the way to the corner for three, battle for the board, and it's Greece. Greece improbably, unbelievably, incredulously. Are Six foot ten, 90, Sophocles Skorzenidis, rotund, relentless, and responsible for demolishing America's defense. The loss taught the USA's players a lesson in the nuances of the international game and taught the USA's coach a lesson in the language of Greek and global basketball respect. In the post-game news conference, Krzyzewski was chastised for referring to the Greek players by uniform numbers, not names, after how Greece had kicked America's ass, that appeared an especially arrogant oversight. Coach K learned the names, and never again lost as the national coach. These these players
3: from Greece, American fans don't know them. They're some of the best players in
2: Europe. He was, you know, huge deal and a great player, but I feel like people don't understand what the, this guy did for. Our community. You know like for kids like me um, being from uh, immigrant parents and um, being raised uh, being raised and being born and being raised in uh, um, Greece like he gave us he gave us hope. He gave us hope. A guy, a guy like Sophie can wear the national team and represent and kill like kill the U.S. kill people on the court you know it was big it give everybody hope to dream hope to believe you know that we can we can be something we can be something great in life also i started playing basketball when i was uh, 12 that's when i signed uh, in the team mm-hmm. uh that you for the in greece but i didn't actually play basketball like every day until i was maybe 15 it didn't it did not change the way i view basketball because i didn't like basketball I did not like basketball.
0: Charles and Veronica Atenecumpo immigrated to Greece from Lagos, Nigeria in 1991, three years before the birth of Giannis, the third of their five sons. Like many others arriving from Africa, racism was a daily reality and supporting a family was a struggle. Citizenship wasn't a birthright for Giannis and his three brothers, Thanasis, Costas, and Alexis. Every day was a fight with poverty. Giannis spent years of his childhood on the streets of Athens, hawking trinkets and sunglasses and CDs to tourists. He bought the family groceries on his walks home. Once Giannis had been invited to play basketball for Phil Athleticos on the eastern edge of the city, he warned his coach that those responsibilities took priority over practice.
2: Like, I got to help my mom and my dad like sell stuff. Like, okay, can you sell stuff and come? I'm like, like I can't. Like I got to go to school, and then I got to help my mom sell stuff. So, Tadas was a little bit older, and uh, my dad was like, okay, TA, TA go. And um, Giannis still back. I was I was... I was the best seller, let's say it like that, right? So people don't know that I didn't start playing like legit basketball, so I was like 15, like going every day practice. We had school in the morning and then we go at six and practice, so I was like 15. How would you get to the gym every day from home? So this is what I did, I came back from school, I ate, I made sure my brothers was ready, Alex and uh, Costas, okay, we. We went, we went to the Metro, walked to the Metro five, 10 minutes from the Metro, uh, Metro is a train, right? So, right? so we uh, stopped, we stopped to, um, we took like five stops. Stop. we had to change the connect because there was like a place that uh, you take a different train, right? So we take the other train for one stop. And then now uh, once we come down, we have to take a bus now. And once we took a bus to the 15 uh, minute bus, We stopped at the uh, bus station that we were supposed to stop, and then we walked for like five minutes. It took us like one hour and 15, and I had to leave the house to be comfortable and not be having a panic attack in the bus, because I know Ziva's gonna make me run and all that stuff. I had to leave the house an hour and a half every day. And the same, going back. Mind you, after midnight, if uh, you don't go to the bus station at 11.40, there's no bus, there's no no train, you have to walk. And then, Thank God, you know, in the beginning I had Tanasis. I got older, you know. Then I was more uh, protecting courses and uh, Alex. But imagine, like, walking from where we practice to back home, with two little brothers that they like shaking and scared, and they hear noises and they like freaking out and all that. It made it even more scary, you know. So yeah, it was it was uh, it was a journey to get to the practice facility. So,
0: In the moments before the national team's historic victory over the United States in the 2006 World Championships, an assistant coach named Yorgos Panu delivered a raucous pre-game locker room speech to the Greeks. Eventually Panu made a career change, becoming a player agent and gaining several clients on a field athletic team that included Phanasis, who was rising in prominence in Greek basketball. One day Thanasis suggested to Panu that he meet his younger brother, Giannis. So Thanasis,
3: after two years, that he saw that uh, how I was treating uh, his teammates, he came and he said, "Listen, you know, I'm with a different agent, but uh, I see how good work we are doing, and I want you to treat my brother, to see him, to talk to him about basketball, about uh, life, and um, if you see future in him, let's see. No, let's sit down." Um, that's what happened. So we have, we went for a coffee. We were de- going out for, to meet each other. You know, Jan was talking to me in the plural. Uh, Mister Panu and Mister Panu and Mister Pan said, guy, come on, man, if, you know, start feeling comfortable. You know, forget that. We will be together <laughs> for a long time." You know, um, personality-wise, that's what when I met him. Basketball. Uh, the timing that I said, "Oh, here we are." It was um, when he was uh, finishing um, the junior year at the age of 15. He was playing um, semi-finals on another 16 uh, club with Philathletikos and uh, he took the ball. After a rebound, coast to coast, his famous cross and reverse spin dunk. And that was after 38 minutes of playing. (laughs)
2: I always be- believed that I could be good. Um, the way I view, I always wanted to play in the NBA. I wanted to play in the NBA because I saw Kobe Bryant playing in the NBA. I wanted to make a lot of money and all that. I wanted to help my family, right? So, so um, growing, up, growing up, I said, okay, I know I'm not ready to play in the NBA. I know I'm slow, I'm not strong enough. I see like as Josh Smith came to Greece two thousand and um eleven or twelve, I saw him, I asked for the autograph, dude the guy was freaking tank, he was huge, right? I was like I, I can't like I cannot I cannot compete with this guy. <laughs>
3: uh, let, me, let me
2: take the story back. Sorry, so let me take the story back. So this how it happens. We played uh, we played the uh, first division, artist
3: team. <laughs>
2: grown man really good team it was maybe fourth best team in uh, Greece the first division we were in the second division uh, they came in preseason game came in as a 70 year old 17 and a half scored 13 then I scored 20 um, made the threes Just, but I was a good basketball player I had the great feel for the game skinny as hell this guy Yoro said bring him he told Yoros Spanu bring him to uh, this hotel that I'm going to be tomorrow right I want to talk to him so he went there. I was like, OK, I'll go. I went. They told me, hey, you might be an NBA player in a year from
0: now. Which brought Giannis back to what his coach would feel Athleticos kept saying.
2: Don't listen to what they tell you. They're going to try to put a lot of lies in your head and think you're bigger deal than what you are. And I was like, OK, true, I'm just going to stay humble. Then the guy brought the burger, the French fries. I was eating, 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 eating. You know? And then he told me, Hey, Yanis, like, the st- you are you understand what I'm saying? Like, you might be an NBA player next year. I was like, yeah, yeah. Then I drink the soda. I'm drinking my soda, right? And then uh, I drink my soda. We're about to leave. I told him, Jorgos, uh, the NBA that you're talking about, you're talking about the, the real NBA, the one I see on TV. He said, yes, Yanis, that NBA. I said, Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm like, get get you, get out of here, bro. No way.
0: You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So, whoever's up there. Whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one 800 directv tv or visit directtv.com. Sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks, sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NBA's 30 teams often spend several years evaluating young players before they ever become eligible to enter the league's draft. Late in 2012, front offices began to learn of the existence of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Tim Connolly was the assistant general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans it was early fall of 2012 uh, my colleague and
4: dear friend uh, your own arbel you know th- there's a few guys that are more connected internationally or throughout all levels of basketball, than your own he called and said there's this intriguing guy in greece he's got a heck of a story um he's a nigerian descent he's got no passport he's playing second division he's all arms and legs
0: earlier in the year uh, you heard his name and There wasn't much film. uh, What you could find was really grainy. Atlanta Hawks general manager, Danny Ferry. But uh, uh, it was certainly someone that was intriguing, but sometimes, you know, in those situations, uh, that lasts for a few weeks, and then they disappear because they're not, you know, it's just kind of a fable more than reality. Milwaukee Bucks general manager, John Hammond. I can remember the day uh, extremely clearly because at that time, Jeff Weltman was working with me in Milwaukee, and I remember Jeff walking into my office and kind of a matter-of-fact statement saying, hey, John, there's a uh, young player in Athens that's really gathering a lot of attention right now. We should probably go see him.
4: Through social media or the internet with Jonathan Javoni, who started sending out these...
0: Wes Wilcox, you know, the Atlanta Hawks assistant general manager. Kind
4: of... Difficult to, to watch videos because the quality was not <laughs> what you're used to um, of this Intriguing young very young prospect playing in Greece
0: If there was a potential prospect playing basketball anywhere from Alabama to Athens, Jonathan Gavoni made it his business to learn everything he could about the player. As a college student, Gavoni started a website called Draft Express. He began to travel the world to explore and evaluate players, just like the team executives. He moved in packs with them, becoming himself an extension of the league's scouting ecosystem. In building contacts and relationships throughout the globe, it became commonplace for his inbox to be flooded with the highlight clips and footage of both top prospects and marginal projects. Before the entire NBA knew of Giannis, Gavoni had been studying him for months.
1: July of 2012, 11 months before he was drafted, his Greek agent, Iorgo uh, Dimitropoulos, sent me a list of clients that he had at the time. He said, These, uh, he said the Greek economy has collapsed. And I have a lot of Greek players that are trying to find homes in Europe. If you have any friends, if anybody calls you looking for, you know, players, if, you know, if if you can put in a good word. And so, you know, I looked at the started off the list, start off with the point guards. The first one is Theo Papaloukas, one of the best players in EuroLeague history. The next name after him was Giannis Adetokounmpo. That's how he spelled it at the time. And he's, it was, he just said, um, he's a 204 centimeter, six foot eight point guard. And there was a link, and I saw, and he, he, he wrote afterwards, he said, um, if there are any big clubs like Barcelona, for example, that, you know, invest in youth, um, maybe they look at him. There's any federations, national teams that you know of that are, that would be interested in giving a guy a passport, maybe. Um, we could have a conversation about Giannis because he, his parents are Nigerian. They're essentially illegal immigrants in Greece. Um, he wrote distinctly, he said he only, he, uh, he only has a birth certificate. He doesn't have a passport. And so, um, you know, there's some federations around Europe that, you know, once in a while will call me and say, hey, do you know how many American players that are looking to get passports and maybe want to play for our national team? So he said, just keep this on your radar um, this kid is talented. Um, we need to, we need to get him, you know, he can't leave Greece. And so we're trying to find the solution for him. And so I clicked on the link, um, and, uh, there was film. I downloaded it. It was really grainy. It was really rough. Uh, it was hard to make out too much, but you can see this, you know, skinny. Um, I thought he was more like six, six at the time, um, 6'6", point guard, just running around, dunking on people, handling it, making incredible passes. Just playing with this frenetic energy, and he was just all arms and legs, you know? There was no skin on his bones, and um, he didn't really know what he was doing. He was a little bit out of control, but I said, "Wow!" I mean, I kind of followed this away. I said, this is interesting, you know, you don't find this in Europe too often. So I sent the link actually to a few people that I trust in the NBA. I said, file this away. You know, this kid is not gonna be eligible until the twenty thirteen draft and he would have been one of the youngest players in the twenty thirteen draft. And so maybe he's more of a guy for twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, but you know, file this away, keep this on your server and let's let's just monitor the situation. And so um that was my first uh acquaintance with Giannis the Atlanta Hawks-West Wilcox.
4: There wasn't a lot of video, and I don't even know that initially we took it as serious. We certainly didn't take it as seriously as we ultimately did. Boston Celtics
0: assistant general manager, Ryan McDonough.
1: I'm not sure any of the guys on this Greek team could touch the backboard. I mean, that's the level of competition that he was playing with, so it, it was really you know, hard projecting it. It's a semi-pro league. I mean, that's the way to describe it, especially at that point when the Greek economy was what it was. Um, you know, these are old, fat, hairy dudes, you know, 40-year-olds who were smoking cigarettes at halftime, you know, and that was the competition he was going up against, and he wasn't killing it by any stretch. He averaged nine points, five rebounds a game. He had some ugly games his last game, I think he, the biggest game of his career to that point, he had four points, he fouled out, he he burst out in tears at the the end. A lot of scouts were there, and and that was where a lot of the negativity around Giannis came from, because... He was 196 pounds at the time. You know, he was 6'9", and he wasn't a great shooter. And people questioned, they said, what, you know, what position is he going to play? How athletic is he? Giannis's coach was named
0: Takis Zivas, and he didn't care about any of that.
1: He only cared
2: about, I'm going to make you better, and you're going to be a professional athlete. In the process, we might win, but I'm going to make you better. And if you're 17, 16 years old, and you come in every day, and you're practicing, and I'm just going to... Throw in, throw in there with the shark, figure it out. That's why I was so good to adjust when I came in there when I was 18, and, you know, we were losing, and they just threw me in there, and I was like, okay, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Because that's what I was doing my whole life with that coach. He threw me in with the sharks.
1: What is your goal for your career? I want to be an NBA, NBA player. Anybody in the NBA that you like to watch and maybe emulate? I like Magic Johnson and uh, Kevin Durant.
2: I was improving. I was getting. Uh, I was getting better. I w- always wanted to play in the NBA. I knew that one day, no matter how good I was, I'll try, try to get in the NBA. Go for a tryout. That's how. I imagine playing the NBA, like going for the tryout, going to, uh, like a summer league. You know, that's how I thought I'm going to get in, into the NBA. I never thought I'm going to get drafted. I didn't know the process.
0: Would you get nervous when they would tell you there were NBA scouts? executives in the stands, did you have any reaction to it?
2: First of all, I didn't believe them. And first I didn't believe them. They were like, oh, he's an NBA guy. I don't believe you. You know, but uh, after when, this, you know, they're not allowed to talk to you, but some people did talk to you. You know, when they came and they started, like, speaking English, American English, I was like, oh, they might, you know, they might be. <laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, the first time I was nervous. Second time I was nervous, but they were just coming often and often and often. They were there every practice. So then I was like, okay, it is what it is. I'm just going to keep, you know, doing my thing. It was like playing in front of fans, you know, uh, at uh, at one point because they were there every day.
0: Tim Connolly.
4: We couldn't find an accurate comp because he was so unique physically. But you're trying to find, you know, body types, um, size comps guys that made it with his physical tools and he was a hard one because he was so unique and he was just so young and all arms and legs and so limited in his
0: experience i felt like you know at the time probably a small forward would be where he was he was so thin and frail danny ferry but it'd be long you know you kind of thought scotty pippen type thing um you know, that, you know, that type of player. You didn't know how much more he was going to grow. He ended up being a lot taller than Scotty.
1: What kind of player will you be in five years from now? Hey, I'll,
2: I'll be, I'll be, I'll be much stronger. I'll be, I'll be much better in, in everything.
0: More than those staticky video clips,
1: Gavoni needed to see Giannis for real. Yorgos Panu made a suggestion. But he said, come watch him in the Greek under 18 league because he plays point guard there and you can see more of his talent. And it was, so it was me and Antonio Macias, who's a scout for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's one of the best, you know, town evaluators that you know, I trust. And I was lucky to have him next to me because he's got so much experience. And we're watching this, he's playing point guard and he, um, just the basketball IQ and the versatility and the feel for the game and the vision and just the things he was doing defensively were astounding. The level was so low, but we look at each other and we're like, holy shit, this is incredible, you know? And so it was, I felt something, you know, that I was looking at something special. I didn't know the extent, you know, is, I obviously didn't, you know, forecast him developing into the MVP of the NBA, but you could see that he had real talent and there was, you know, he was so young and he was so thin and, you know, I don't think, I mean, the the big thing that, for Giannis, that he grew and now he's just an absolute monster physically he's a total freak um he wasn't that at that point he was 196 pounds but you could see the outline of the talent that we're seeing now
0: how did you eat back then what was your diet like when you think of your body then what comes to mind at that age i did not eat um and I'm not gonna say
2: I deny it because that um uh, I'm not gonna say it like that. Because that gives uh that's give credit to my parents. Because my parents did the, everything they could to provide for us. But looking back with the way we eat now and what you have to do to take care of your body, we we, we didn't eat enough. Not me, not Ness, not Kost, not Alex. Um sometimes I used to go to school, no breakfast, not sometimes every time. Uh come back there was sometimes food, there was sometimes no food. So now you have to go to practice, right? Uh, but um, I used to come back from practice at 11 and have my first meal then. But we, we definitely did not eat right. Uh, then um, my agent, Yorgos, uh, took me to this guy um, that was like, he was taking your blood to see exactly what you had to put in your body because like you might eat broccoli it might help you i might eat broccoli and it doesn't do nothing to me it doesn't give me no nutrition value so he told me exactly what to eat yours helped me with that but the thing that yours did not know is that there's no way i eat and my brothers don't i never told him that you know he really thinks i was he really think until this day i was eating the food and that helped. i was not eating the food i was eating one fourth of the food there's no way My dad taught me, there's no way until this day. If my brothers don't eat, I don't eat. That's how I was raised. So, yours helped me with that, gave us uh, the food uh, every uh, month or every two months, I don't remember. Everybody ate, Um, we were happy, (laughs) we were happy. And we were doing doing whatever we could also to uh, provide for ourselves. Uh, But definitely, I went to this guy, this guy told me, say my body fat, like nine NBA, if you have like 5% body fat, it's like amazing. Your Yannis Antetokounmpo, or LeBron James, I had like
0: 2.6. Yorgos told me that when the doctor looked at your charts. Um, About my liver? Of immediate priority for Yorgos Panu, an appointment with a nutritionist for Giannis.
3: So, we went there, he made the exams, he took the, all the agrophysiologist test, uh, breathing, you know, all the aerobic part, uh, blood test, everything. So, same day at night, 12.30, the agrophysiologist uh, picked up the phone and he called me and said, Hey man, what's up? Um, sorry, that he told me, I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but um, I'm watching now the results. Uh, tell to your grandfather that uh, he should uh, stop doing a little bit of aerobic practice, uh, less walking, eating more meat. You know, I say, man, are you drunk? You know, what's going on? Say, I'm sitting here, wh- with whom, with whom you d- did you come? I say, what grandfather are you talking about? I came with a 16 year old kid, man. I say, no way, take this kid, uh, maybe, no, don't. Don't take this kid and come alone tomorrow morning and uh, we have to discuss. So I went there and he showed me the results. That uh, his liver, because he was eating. I will tell you example. Uh, really paralyzed these things. It's like a Ferrari, that instead of uh, gas, you put water. That was uh, what exactly he told me.
0: He said, "Your grandfather." He started to talk about the diet that your grandfather needs to have, and he said,
3: this no, is,
2: this is this s- a kid." And uh, he came back to Yoros and said, "I tell your grandfather." that he got to take care of his liver and uh, he got to stop drinking <laughs> and Jorgos uh, said what? what are you talking about? and this is this, the down part of Jorgos a little bit he called me on the phone he said are you drinking? I'm like bro first of all I don't have money to get get milk what drink how? Like uh, until this day I don't drink uh, and so he said, no, this is a 15, no, I no, was 16, maybe 17. Like This 16, 17-year-old uh, kid, what are you talking about? It was like his liver is messed up. He's like a 70-year-old uh, guy that drinks all the time. Because when you work out every day and you go to school, come back, don't eat. And then um, eat at 11 p.m. and that's your life. Of course, it's going to be over time, you know, mess up.
0: Wherever Giannis was headed next in his professional career, one thing was becoming apparent. His time playing at home in Athens was ending. As part of a typical draft strategy for a young European prospect, Yorgos Pano and Yorgos Dimitropoulos began negotiations with a Spanish professional team in Zaragoza. The first thing that I
3: was asked, I will tell you about, uh, to help was to try to move them out from Sepolia. When I met them, we were willing, uh, living at Sepolia. And uh, you know, it was very tough six people to live in, uh, I don't, I cannot, uh, in the 25 square meters, it's, uh, it's, it's in, impossible. His mother was having some health, health issues because of the cold that this house had. So my first task is to move them to Zografo, to a new house, bigger one, to be closer to the gym and um, from the first day i understand how important it was for Yanis. i will never forget that uh, when we were to hospital and his mother has to stay one day inside for all the checkup because they couldn't find what she had i told him you know now it's time to leave you know we will come early in the morning he said you don't know me mr Panou. you know i'm gonna sit here no my friend it's a public uh, hospital you cannot nobody said no i'm staying so he was hidden in the uh, in the toilet restroom. When everything was night, he came out and he slept on the chair uh, outside of, he, of, her, of her room. Uh, one, that was, no. Uh, I think that this guy, is serious with family. And what it means for him. Uh, I will give an example. When he got the the deal from Saragossa, and uh, my partner Dimitropoulos and I, we announced him about, you know, my friend, when the championship is gonna end, you have to go there and uh, you're gonna pick a place to stay. You will see the people to make some practices and to see the living. And he said, uh, excuse me, uh, what do you mean? I have to go there. We will go because his mother was there. She was underage and so she had to read the contract. Uh, I say, and um, my partner make a joke. He said, ah, why you want to take your mother with you? You're a young guy, you know. Uh, you will have fun there, so you have to go. And immediately he sat down, start crying, raised his chair. He said, "I'm not going anywhere." And he 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 tore up the contract. I Say, hey, man, what are you doing? No, no, Mr. Panu, let's go. And I start following him. We left. We get on the car. I have back then one one Fiat, small Fiat car. He was. No, in there with his mother and he started crying he say you think that now that I got money I will forget my mother and my family and uh, you must never forget that you forget that I Say my friend relax. no he was joking about that. we, we got it. Don't worry. So that was my strongest experience at, attached with my business about how important family is. He was ready to know to, to, to ruin everything.
2: your yours is uh, trying to make all this process easy but he doesn't know that I'm really stubborn. You know, uh, he took me to this uh, doctor to check my knees and he was telling me and he made me sign the contract. He was like, now, okay, you're going to go by yourself. I'm like, yours, I'm not going by myself. But I go, I take my family know I take my parents with me. I uh, was like, yeah, but don't worry, uh, they're going to come up. Like, I don't trust none of this. I go with my family. I'm 100% sure. Like now, if I'm the first guy to make that leap, I'm making that leap with my family. And um uh, I remember we were in this car, and I was I was crying. My mom was in the back seat, and my mom she's so quiet. She said, "Don't don't cry, don't worry about it. You're gonna help everybody. We know you want to help everybody. Don't worry, just go, play." But you could see like she was she was hurting too. Like she was sad that I might go. And you know, basketball changed a lot of people. You know, when you get a little bit of money, it changes you. You know, you're like ah yeah, my family back home. You send them some money, you think things are okay. But I told yours, I'm like, if you really think I'm going to Spain by myself, without my family, there's no way. Then, sir, you know, but I was crying uh, in uh, the back of his car.
0: Every June, NBA executives descend on Treviso, Italy for a closer inspection of the best draft prospects from all across Europe. Only Giannis wasn't invited to the event called EuroCamp and instead traveled with Greece's under-20 team to a coastal Italian town some 40 kilometers away in Yezolo. Within a month loomed the draft and scores of the league's top team executives were scrambling to see more of him. So everybody was in the morning in in the
3: camp. But at the games, afternoon, you know, everybody was in the car, and it was one-way road, one line only. And we talk about huge line of cars tra- traveling all together to go to this small arena in Yezolo to see Giannis performing.
0: Jonathan Gavoni.
1: We all made the trek out. I mean, some people went two or three times. I went twice out of the three games. And um, he didn't have you know, great games there by any stretch. There was still a lot of skepticism around him. Even some, some of the media people there were there wrote very negative things. Um, but he showed enough talent in a different setting against players in his age group. They were like a year or two older than him, but still where you could say, okay, this guy, if he were in the States, he'd be a top 25, top 30 caliber recruit. You know, he'd be a McDonald's american And so now we're talking about a different caliber of prospect than maybe what we had initially thought in January, where maybe it was a late first-round pick, and now you're talking about a guy that maybe is going to go in the teens. Indiana Pacers general manager Kevin Pritchard.
0: Well, everybody went from the Euro camp, uh, jumped in a car, and it was like 40 cars
4: behind each other going to this small little gym, in a coastal
0: town in Italy to see you know this Greek player play for the first time really for probably I bet you 75% of the league
2: going to Italy i remember playing those three games playing well playing well i was nervous nervous but when i started on the court everything disappears then after that when it was over it was just like a it was like almost like a signing session i sat in the table Boom. 3, with, uh, 3 p.m., to 4 p.m., I have to meet this guy. Five, uh, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., I have to meet this NBA this, uh, executive. 7 uh, p.m. to 8 p.m., I have to meet
0: this guy. For all the mystery that surrounded Giannis, these appointments with team officials served as something of a job interview.
2: I was young. I was 18. They asking me questions. If you get money, what would you do with the money? I say, what would I do with the money? I'll get my family a house. Okay, if you come to the NBA and um, we give you the first paycheck, do you, are you going to do that immediately? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna send there. I'm gonna send the money you guys give me straight to my family, and which I did. It was this all these questions. There, it was like sometimes it was silly questions. There was like vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. Like it, it might be silly, like silly questions. They just want to see your personality because they understand a lot about you and who you are as a person to realize i was just like a guy that was hungry as hell you know i was so hungry that i wanted to uh, to become an nba player no matter what and uh, it, it wasn't because i wanted to be flashy it was uh, i became good because of the hunger i had to help my family and the hunger i had to be great and i think a lot of people realize that uh, so that's why
4: the passion and emotion that he conveyed for his family and for basketball was just highly unusual.
0: The Atlanta Hawks West Wilcox.
4: And there was a time where he was he he was tapping with his finger on the table as he was saying, I just want to be the best player in the world and I want to take care of my family. That's it. And it was, there was nothing else that mattered to him. It was clear. It was family and it was basketball.
2: I've cried in a lot of uh, uh, interviews. I've cried a lot. Um, You know, I remember, like I remember I wanted to make them, I wanted to make them understand that, hey, like no matter what happens in a year from now, I'm I'm going to work hard every day, every day. Like ups, down it does not matter, I'm going to work out every day to become what you want me to become. And I'm telling you this, I promise you this, you know, and I didn't tell uh, probably only told, I told everybody.
4: We certainly, you know, thought he was in the wheelhouse for the type of person we want to bring to the organization, but to think that he's going to be an MVP, a perennial MVP, one of the greatest players in the history of the game, That was a stretch at that point. But he said it. But he said it. It was clear. That's why it's emotional now. It's almost more emotional now than it was then. Because you're sitting with him and from a very early age, he was singularly focused. He was trying to tell you. He's trying to tell us.